The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our main website, that is going to be undergoing a drastic change, I am told, over the next couple of weeks at www.exxoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Lieutenant General Retired William G. Jerry Boykin. He was one of the original members of the U.S. Army's Delta Force. He was privileged to ultimately command these elite warriors in combat operations. Later, the general commanded all the Army's Green Berets, as well as the Special Warfare Center and School. In his 36 years in the Army, Lieutenant General Boykin also served with a tour with the Central Intelligence Agency. Now, he has participated in clandestine operations around the world and served his last four years in the Army as Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. Today, he is an ordained minister with a passion for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and encouraging Christians to become warriors in king, in God's kingdom. So I guess we can say he went from the military soldier to a non-word Christian soldier. His website is www.kingdomwarriors.net. And General Boykin, welcome to the X-Zone. Well, thank you very much, Rob. It's a privilege to be with you. General, there's a lot going on in the Middle East. We have ISIS, who has beheaded a second journalist. We have Iran that is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to start, um, hmm, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to get involved? Are we going to get, are we going to support? Uh, how are we going to fight ISIS? We have Israel yeah. smack dab in the middle, and, and Israel is, is, the, is the birthplace of Christianity. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and yes, I, are we going to get involved? We, the United States, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't, we are involved at this point. The problem is that our involvement has been somewhat feckless up to this point. There's there's no real strategy associated with it. It's It's been kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Now, uh, can I point out, Rob, that uh, 
uh, it's important for listeners to understand that ISIS is not a new phenomenon, nor right. are beheadings. ISIS has been around since, uh, really since the late 90s. Uh, it, it, it became much more popular and well-known uh, in about uh, 2003, 2004, when it was known as uh, Al-Qaeda in Iraq under the leadership of a guy named Abu Musab al-Zakawi, who was killed in 2006 in a drone strike. But we've been watching these people, and their methodology has been beheadings. They've beheaded uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Uh, so there's nothing new here. The question is whether America is going to step up to this evil now in a, uh, in a coordinated and, uh, and, and serious sort of way. And up to this point, there's, no, there's nothing positive coming out of our administration that would uh, lead us to believe that, uh, that America is going to take the right steps. I hope that's going to mm-hmm. change. Well, n- no disrespect meant here, General, but wh- I would think uh, as a citizen – that my government, my military, would have contingency plans just in case these these acts happened, that they would be able to react quickly in order to suppress or totally delete the threat. How come there's nothing in, in, yes, in the, I, nothing here? I, I know, and, and trust me, I'm not offended by that uh, because you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you. And you would think that since we've been watching ISIS, especially for over a decade, that we would we would be uh, prepared right now to uh, start an all-out campaign against them. And the reality is, we we have watched them, but we have prepared apparently no plans, no strategic concepts for how to deal with them. And you know that is that reflects though uh, sort of an ongoing uh, attitude by the American administration. It's almost as if, uh, you know, on the one hand, we support the very people we should be uh, condemning and going after. Uh, And a good example of that is how we supported the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt when they overthrew Hosni Mubarak. And Mubarak was, while he was a despot, uh, he was still less of a threat to the Middle East, to world stability, to Israel, and even to the United States than was the Muslim Brotherhood. But we supported the Muslim Brotherhood. We did the same thing in Libya when we supported the rebels that killed uh, Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, There's no sound reason or logic for us to support them, given that they were also part of al-Qaeda. And then we supported Mm -hmm. the wrong side in Libya, I mean in uh, Syria uh, as well, because even though, uh, you know, the leader of Syria is in fact a despot, an evil man himself, as Bashir al-Assad. General, we've got to take a uh, two-minute commercial not. break here, sir. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. But uh, General That's Boykin right. is our very special guest this hour, www.kingdomwarriors.net. Lieutenant General Boykin and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. Exonation Lieutenant General William G. Jerry Boykin retired from the United States Army as my special guest this hour. His website is www.kingdomwarriors.net. General, with all the the intelligence uh, that is available to the the decision makers high in high places in Washington, why weren't the proper steps taken in preparing for what I'm, I'm sure many within the intelligence agencies knew was going to happen with, with ISIS and, and other terrorists? Well, I, I think that there's a tendency to just ignore the threat and think that it's going to go away mm. or just simply not believe that it, it could be a, a serious threat to American interest. Uh, the reality is we have a pattern of that, as I've said earlier. Yeah. Uh, of ignoring the threats, and as as a result of ignoring them, then not uh, taking the necessary steps to prepare uh, to defend against those. And uh, you know, it's kind of like the whole situation with Russia, where we, you know, push this theoretical reset button. I think this administration thinks that they pushed a reset button with uh, Islamic extremists, and you know, it hasn't worked out very well uh, either with Russia or the Islamic extremists. So we are totally unprepared. We even have them inside the United States, and instead of standing against them and trying to uh, to ferret them out, what we're actually doing is tolerating them and allowing them to get stronger. Well, isn't that because the United States, just like Canada, is too politically correct? It is the bane of our existence, Rob. It is uh, in the public... Uh, let me say this, because I'm writing a book right now with a uh, Dr. Stu Weber up in Portland, Oregon, and, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the things that I point out in the book, that political correctness is, is the result of a lack of moral courage. When people don't have the, the, either the, the guts mm-hmm. or we could use a more flowery term to, for, for what they're missing, uh, 
to stand up and speak straight and 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 speak honestly and uh we've got so many people now today that don't have the courage so what they do is they default to political correctness and wind up saying nothing it's killing us yeah, but is 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 that the reason sir or is it because the these these at one time very minority groups actually used the system that's in place to their advantage and they know damn well that if you were to say anything against uh, Islam or against uh, Muslims or, or against any other religious philosophy that you're going to be you're going to be targeted and you're going to receive the label as as a person who is anti-Islam anti whatever the organization is and this is something that I don't think anyone would like to have tagged on to them in, a, in the in the social society well you I think you're making my point mm-hmm you see, the the people who who speak in these politically correct terms and say nothing are the people that don't have the courage yeah. to tell the truth regardless of the consequences, regardless of the fact that they're going to be called intolerant, Islamophobes, or whatever. And, and I, it's, it comes back to a single issue, and it's a lack of courage. You've got to stand up. You've got to know what you believe yeah. to begin with. And then when you know what you believe and you know what you're willing to stand on, then you've got to have the courage to do it. And that's why we have so much political correctness today. People are not willing to take the wrath of these special interest groups or the media or the people around them uh, and stand for what they know is right. Well, I have always believed, sir, that if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And what I see is the vast majority of society becoming ostriches they put their heads in their set in the sand stick their butts up in the air hoping and uh, hoping that everything will be all right when their head comes back up and it doesn't it just makes everything worse and when was it in the in the united states of america that it went from we the people to i the person because there's a lot of there's a lot of saturday morning or uh, quarterbacks out there who, oh, geez, you know, if I was the president, if I was a congressman, if I was a senator, if I was this, I was that, they all have a great game plan. But when when it comes to a time to uh, to put their mouth into action, boy, they sit down really fast. When did this all change in America? Because that's not the way America was founded. That's not the way early Americans were. No, you're absolutely right. You know, first of all, I think uh, Woodrow Wilson uh, was was part of this uh, shift. And then, uh, you know, in the 30s, mm-hmm. when Franklin Delano Roosevelt came along with with his idea of a of a new deal, um, we really began to see, I think, a major shift away from the we the people, sort of the the concept that we are, you know, we uh, operate on the consent of the governed, and that our rights are unalienable rights. We kind of shifted from that to a dependence upon the government, and uh, these, the, you know, a rule by an elite. Mm-hmm. And while we've had uh, intermittent periods of where we've sort of walked away from that and turned back to what our founding principles were, like with certainly with uh, guys like Eisenhower and Ronald Reagan and, and George W. Bush. I think that uh, fundamentally we've been on a, in a trend of moving away from our founding principles, uh, certainly since Roosevelt. Do you think it'll ever be turned around? Can we get back to the grassroots of, 
of democracy and build a solid democracy where the American public can actually stand up and say what they want to say without having the fear of Big Brother, you know, clobbering them on the head for going after some little religious organization or a major philosophy like the uh, like the um, the the Muslim extremists that are out there. You know, I think that, uh, and, and a lot of people will not like my answer on this. It's very important to understand that once you get 51% of, of the American public on the government dole, they're getting some kind of check from the government, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost impossible to ever turn that, to turn it back. As, historically, you just don't turn away from, you know, from that kind of... Uh, social situation or political situation now we're not there yet we're coming on we're coming to that point we're not there yet so there's still a chance that we can turn this around but one of the things that i think will turn this around is going to be uh something that we're not going to like and it's going to be some kind of disaster and and it's going to be a you know a, a emp you know emp doesn't have to be a nuclear weapon it That's can right. come from the atmosphere and uh, we're not prepared for an EMP, and it will knock us back over 100 years. Uh, it could be an economic collapse. And, you know, the world economy is very fragile. That will knock us back. It could be a terrorist attack or it could be a, you know, a major storm or something. Mm-hmm. But something that devastating, I believe, will, will help to turn this country around. But the reason it will turn the country around is because it will turn us back to a reliance upon God unalienable rights, which was a founding principle of our forefathers as they established this nation and wrote a constitution. But General, you know, you've got so many so many Americans who are, are fighting so hard to have the right to bear arms. It's a big story in the U.S. right now. Other countries are watching. And, and the, there are so many Americans who are so passionate about having the right to, to carry a weapon having a right to carry a concealed weapon, having the right to, to use these weapons under controlled circumstances. And yet, when it comes to other aspects, including the, the, the issue of God, yeah. it, it, it's, it's like it doesn't exist. I cannot explain that, Rob. I, can't, I just don't understand it, because the First Amendment, if you, if you look at the history of the First Amendment, when our founding fathers, uh, after the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. when we were ultimately victorious over the British Empire, um, and they came back to Philadelphia to deal with uh, not the Constitution. They had already written that, but they came back to deal with the amendments to the Constitution, which were essential to the ultimate ratification of the Constitution. The first thing they dealt with was the, the freedom of religion. Now, some people, if I said freedom of worship, they would say, yep, that's right. And that's not right. It was freedom of religion, meaning I can believe what I want to believe, but I can also live it. I can Mm -hmm. speak about it. I can take it into the public square. And then the next thing they did in the very same amendment was they gave us the freedom of speech and then the freedom of assembly. What were they doing? It was all tied together. Now, the Second Amendment was about the right to keep and bear arms. People are so much more focused today on the Second Amendment, which was obviously not the priority. That's right. 
to the founding fathers. It was important, but it wasn't the priority. And today in America, we are uh, we are letting the erosion of our uh, First Amendment rights uh, go almost unimpeded. Uh, but you you attack the Second Amendment and people come unglued. They're ready to fall out into the streets and and start marching and demonstrating. But the First Amendment, uh, which uh, is just puzzling to me, there's just not enough people that are willing to stand up and fight for it. Yeah, you can you can take the Bible out of my school. You can take the Bible out of my hotel. You can take the Bible out of the bookstores. But God damn it, don't touch my weapon. Absolutely, and that's exactly the way that it's yeah. unfolding right now. It's pretty sad, but you know there is a there is a there is a a silver lining to this cloud, General, and I'd like to point it out at this time. You, you're there. You're not only a lieutenant general who's retired after a long distinguished service, but now you're you're leading a warrior. You're leading, I'm sorry, warriors through your through your ministry. And Exxon Nation, when we come back from this news break at the bottom of the hour, we're going to continue this conversation with our special guest of this hour, Lieutenant General William G. Boykin, who is now retired from the military. And now he's um, he's serving in another army, God's army, www.kingdomwarriors.net. My name's Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, and The Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And then the show is repeated in its entirety six times over the 24-hour period so that each and every one of our networks around the world can get the message to you. Now, if you would like to send me an email with your, with your comments, if there's a special guest you'd like us to get on, it's very simple, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with General Boykin as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Hi, this is Rob McConnell, just letting you know that the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.xzonebookclub.com. All past editions and current editions of the X Chronicles newspaper are available for 99 cents. That's www.xzonebookclub.com, and that's 99 cents U.S. per edition. And don't forget, the X Zone store is now open as well for all of your X Zone Nation merchandise www.thexzonestore.com Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include 
angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. www.kingdomwarriors.net is the website where you can find out more about Lieutenant General Boykin. He was in the army, and now he's in another army. He is a real onward Christian soldier. Uh, General, before we get into the um, into the ministerial side of what you're doing now and how people can get involved and, and become members of your army this time, um, I'd like to ask you your opinion on What's happening on the border in the southern part of the United States between the United States and Mexico? Yeah, Rob, thanks. Uh, That's a very important issue. Uh, As I said, we've been watching ISIS for over a decade. Well, the reality is uh, ISIS, as well as other terrorist groups like uh, uh, Hezbollah and Hamas, have infiltrated America across our southern borders. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we know that? First of all, Robert Mueller, the former FBI director, testified uh, about five or six years ago and and told America that we had terrorist cells that had come across the southern border out of Mexico uh, and were setting up in America. And then of of late, the Border Patrol has uh, made several announcements that they are finding Korans, prayer rugs, and terrorist training manuals in the wadis on the border of uh, New Mexico, uh, as well as uh, Arizona and Texas. So um, we know that they are coming across our border. We know that they're coming with nefarious intent. What we don't know precisely is what they're bringing across that border. So it's a very dangerous situation, and it's all the more reason that America needs to get serious about sealing our borders because we do have terrorists coming across those borders. You know, I was speaking to um, Jim Gilchrist, who is the founder and president of the of the Minuteman Project, and you know, I can understand his his frustration. I can I can understand his concerns. Why doesn't the government enact? Uh, you know, use the national get the national guard out there, have the president put them under federal jurisdiction. And uh, even if the local sheriffs have to have to deputize people to protect the border, why doesn't the Army, the Navy, the United States Marine Force, or other members of Homeland Security get involved? Like, isn't this a war we're fighting? Well, it certainly is from my perspective. But the, our current administration uh, sees this as a way of, not only getting the Hispanic vote in America, which ah. is really, you know the Hispanic population in America is uh, ultimately will will uh, exceed that of the uh, Caucasians. Now, uh, the second thing is the more of these folks that you bring in that are indebted to a one party here, that being the Democratic Party, the, mm-hmm. certainly the the more votes you're going to get and the bigger voter base you're going to have for that party uh, for a long time 
And that's really what it's all about, and uh, they're succeeding. Let me ask you, do you think that this is the decision that President Obama is making as the President of the United States, or are there, is, is there a shadow government that is actually saying, hey, listen, if we, if we, if we keep the borders open, we let more people in, uh, you know, you grant them amnesty, and what you're doing is you're ensuring the, the succession of the party for the next, what, 20, 30 years? Absolutely. And uh, look, I, first of all, I think that the shadow government in America are the special interest groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them are Marxist groups uh, supported and funded by uh, George Soros. Uh, there are others with different agendas. And if there is such a thing as a shadow government, it's the people in these special interest groups that have so much influence on our president and his closest advisors. Uh, like you know, like Valerie Jarrett and others, and uh, they really are influencing the direction of this country. And you're seeing now, though, that none of these special interest groups have any understanding of foreign policy or national security. As a result of that, our foreign policy is in a shambles, mm-hmm. and our national security is suffering because none of them have experience in it, nor do they know how to advise the president on this. And he hasn't reached out to people who, even within his own party, who really do have a better grasp of foreign policy and national security. Um, I was speaking to someone in the intelligence community yesterday, and they say we're saying that they have they have un they have reports that they could not confirm or deny at that point that there have been jihadists uh, from ISIS believed to be in Tijuana presently. Yeah, uh, it's actually Juarez. I don't think it's, I don't know about Tijuana, oh, okay, but Juarez I'm... is on the Texas border. Right. And Juarez is right across from Fort Bliss, which is one of the major military uh, bases in America, but it's probably the second largest in the state of Texas. And it's right on the border. And yes, uh, that was uncovered by uh, a, an organization called Judicial Watch, which does Freedom of Information Act uh, requests and gets information that would otherwise not be exposed to the public. And they've done a really good job on this. And it came out in one of those Freedom of Information mm-hmm. Act responses. Unreal. Let me ask you a question. This is, this is I'm asking you to change uh, change from your 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 three star general helmet to your caller as, as a minister here. Why is it, sir, in prisons in Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, that so many, so many prisoners are being converted to Islam? Uh, I, just, uh, I just finished a book, which will be out on the 11th of November, with a former... Uh, Muslim Brotherhood operative who ultimately converted to Christianity and is now actually runs a ministry himself. His name is Kamal Salim. Kamal and I just uh, turned in our manuscript a week ago, and Kamal came to America to recruit for the Muslim Brotherhood. That's why he that's why he was sent here by the Muslim Brotherhood, and he will tell you that the easiest places to recruit are in prison where where people feel utterly desperate and where they are very approachable and easily converted, particularly 
black uh, prisoners. And then he will tell you that he went. He 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 would target uh, very poor neighborhoods where people felt that there was no hope, and he would go and bring them hope by bringing them hope of being part of something bigger, like uh, specifically Islam. And then uh, you know he he talked extensively to me about how he would recruit, and that's what we're seeing: people that are desperate, people that feel no uh, no future and mm-hmm. and no hope for a future, and then you come along and and uh, give them hope by converting to Islam and ultimately uh, possibly even being a martyr for Islam, which gives them a guarantee of a place in heaven. And it's the only way that you can be assured of going to heaven in Islam. Unbelievable. Let's talk about your ministry, sir. Leaving the army as a three-star general and then becoming an ordained minister. What what happened? You know, what was it that that made you, or, or gave you the inspiration, I should say, to go from commanding men into war to commanding men for Christ? Yeah, well, um, first of all, I have been, you know, uh, I had been a Christian uh, in a relationship with Christ uh, since 19, early 1971. I never anticipated nor intended to be an ordained minister and run a ministry until I was probably in my last four years in the Army, uh, in which I I took so much criticism for my Christian faith and for things that I had said uh, as a Christian uh, that I began to think about it, and, you know, while it was very hurtful, uh, the criticism that I took, and I also began to realize that this was preparation for what I was to do when I left the Army. And I, I see the world today, and especially America, in such a spiritual crisis that I was convinced, as I transitioned out of the Army in 2007, that I could put my skills and experience to best use as an ordained minister, continuing the fight, but now fighting in a spiritual realm, applying the principles of war and the rules of combat and the spiritual sense, and more importantly, helping others to do the same. So that's where I am today. But as a general in the United States Army, sir, you knew who your enemies were. How do you know, as, as, a, as an ordained minister, who your enemies are in the spiritual realm? Well, first of all, the Bible tells you, and, uh, and, and uh, Peter says, uh, you know, your enemy, mm-hmm. Satan, walketh about like a roaring lion, looking for whom he might devour. So the first thing you have to understand is that Satan is real. He's not a Hollywood creation. He's not just, a, you know, some notional character. He is real. He's a real spiritual enemy. So that's all you really need to know. And he you know his uh, his evil manifest in many ways, but I'm I'm just a simple enough guy to understand that the same Bible that tells me about God tells me about Satan. Satan is real, and the and, and regardless of how you might try to ignore that or deny that that is true, mm-hmm. it is true. And as such, we need to be prepared to deal with uh, with that enemy in a spiritual sense by putting on the whole armor of God, as identified and articulated in Ephesians 6. Is it a coincidence, or is it 
destiny that the battle that we're seeing today is happening in the Middle East, that there is so much so much animosity against Israel, the birthplace of Christianity, the birthplace uh, of what we've all come to know as as the you know the the Holy Land, or is this part of God's plan? Well, it's where Christianity began, uh, and it is very clearly where Christ will return mm-hmm. on His second coming. We'll come to the Mount of Olives, and. So it's a very holy place. There's a spiritual dimension to Israel. Uh, I cannot explain other than to say that it is, I think it's biblical. I can't explain why the whole world hates Israel. I can't explain why the Jews have been so persecuted other than to say that it is biblical, that ancient prophets prophesied it. But here's the one thing that I would say, Rob. I'm amazed by people that try to prove the existence of God by talking about scientific evidence when what you really need to do is go back and look at what ancient prophets who did not know each other, had no reference libraries, but all these ancient prophets like Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and and all the prophets said Israel would be conquered, the Jews would be scattered, they would be treated with contempt. Mm -hmm. But the day would come when they would be called home from the north and the south and the east and the west. Their land would be recreated, and Jerusalem would be their capital. And on the 14th of May, 1948, they were called home. Their land was recreated. Their nation became a sovereign nation. And on the 7th of June, 1967, they went into the old city took it from the Jordanians, and the prophecy was fulfilled. Now, how can that have happened uh, unless that there was a sovereign and an all-powerful and knowing God? Therefore, I believe that the Israel of the Bible is, in fact, the Israel that we see today. Uh, That is so true. How do you explain it? You can't. Faith is the strongest power in the universe. I, I have come to learn that, sir. And when we look at what's happening today, and, and I've read the Bible a number of times. I, I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed to admit it on air. I've often wondered why Christ or God doesn't intervene into the mess of this planet. They could easily, they could easily bring peace to the planet, couldn't they? If so, why don't they? Well, uh, you have to ask yourself, uh, as you read through the Bible, why didn't God just uh, change the abysmal situation that the Israelites were in? I mean, they had a history of getting themselves into trouble. Yeah, but he, but he gave the them reality a, he, is he gave them a hand when they were crossing the Red Sea. He you know he took out a number of Egyptians. Uh, he he led them by day, pillar of smoke by night, a pillar of fire. He did help them. After 400 years of slavery. Now, how many years has this world been fighting? Well, haven't we paid the price yet, sir? Uh, Well, apparently not. It does not not appear that. Look, you know, in America, let's look at this. Okay. If you go back to the book of Judges, uh, the Israelites asked for a king. And God said, you don't want a king. They said, no, everybody has a king. We want a king. And he said, you really don't want one. But if you really want one, I'll give it to you, but you're not going to like it. 
you know what? America asked for a king. You know, the, all, the, all the warnings were there. You don't really want to do what you're about to do, but we asked for a king, and we elected and re-elected a king rather than a president that understood and supported the Constitution. Uh, and, and again, founding principle of that being unalienable rights as well as consent of the government. We asked for a king. So mm-hmm. we're suffering, uh, from my perspective, in America because we, we asked for a king and we got a king. So be careful what you ask. That's right. When do you think the second coming of Christ is going to happen? Are we in the final days as described in the book of Revelation, sir? Yeah, I would encourage people to go back and read Ezekiel 38 and 39, and I think they'll see that uh, much of what's described in Ezekiel 38 and 39, or the war of Gog and Magog, is uh, taking place, it's shaping up. We're seeing alliances being formed in North Africa, or ancient Put, as well as ancient Kush. Uh, and we're seeing all of this coming together. And then we're also seeing, if you watch Turkey and you watch Syria and uh, Iraq and, mm-hmm. and Iran, and even Russia, uh, what you're seeing is these alliances are forming now. And I think we're going to see Ezekiel 38 and 39 unfold in my lifetime. I really believe that. General, stand by. We've got to take our final break, sir. General Boykin is our guest. Exo Nation will be back in four minutes. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance, Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.wentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com.
Hi, this is Rob McConnell, just letting you know that the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.xzonebookclub.com. All past editions and current editions of the X Chronicles newspaper are available for 99 cents. That's www.xzonebookclub.com and that's 99 cents U.S. per edition. And don't forget, the X Zone store is now open as well for all of your X Zone Nation merchandise www.thexzonestore.com Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is General William J. Boykin. And uh, in 2009, the general gave an address at the How to Take Back America conference in St. Louis, Missouri, that was hosted by the Eagle Forum. Now, according to the Canadian press, General Boykin asked the audience, What are you prepared to give up for America? Are you willing to pay the ultimate price? He followed up with this warning. There is no greater threat to America than Islam. Wow, you nailed it right on, General. First of all, sir, great pleasure and honor having you on the X-Zone. It's always great talking to you. I, um, I admire you, and I, and I respect you, and uh, I wish you nothing but success. And, uh, and I hope, sir, that you are able to get many people back on track, uh, because as you and I were discussing during the commercial break, when I went to school, the first class you had, the first thing you did when the bell rang, you got up and said the Lord's Prayer. There were some members of our classes whose religious philosophy did not coincide with that. They just sat down. There was no big hoopla. There were no, no organizations coming down to the school and slapping them on the hand or threatening them with lawsuits. We lived side by side. We respected each other. And... Is this one of the big problems in this whole whole mess that we see in the world today, that there's just not enough respect between one religion and the other? Well, I, that's part of the problem. Uh, certainly, I don't know if it's religions as much as it is um, you know, denominations. Mm. I think in, uh, certainly in America, denominations are actually divisive. You know, Protestant versus Catholic... Uh, Baptist versus, uh, you know, Pentecostal or whatever. But that said, uh, you've identified, I think, what is a huge problem, and uh, it, it's really hurting our society. And 
And the other problem is that we have so many people uh, that call themselves Christians, mm-hmm. but uh, they really are not uh, living their faith or putting their faith into action, and that takes courage. That's what we talked about earlier in your program. It takes courage to put your faith into action, yeah. identify yourself as a Christian, and then stand on Christian principles. We've got about two minutes, General. Tell me a little bit about Kingdom Warriors. Well, it's a ministry that I started when I retired in 2007. And the whole idea behind Kingdom Warriors is to encourage Christians to understand that we are in a spiritual battle every day to help equip them to put on the whole armor of God and to encourage them to put their faith into action, get involved in what's going on, uh, fighting the spiritual fight and doing what's necessary to make a difference in our culture. So it's about raising up an army for God. It reminds me of the old Flip Wilson show uh, when he was when he had a series on that he'd always say the devil made me do it yeah. and you know there's there's more truth to that that little saying than I think a lot of people really understand absolutely there is yep. I, I used to think that was hilarious but there is a lot of truth in it. there certainly is General, always a great pleasure talking to you, sir. Uh, I wish you success with your new books. Love to have you back on in the future. And where can people get buy copies of your books? Amazon. There you go. One simple word. I'm on Amazon. Just look up my name and all the books that I've written are, are on Amazon. And you can even pre-order the one that comes out in November. Thank you very much for joining me tonight on the X-Zone, General. Be safe and God bless. God bless you, sir. Good night, General. General uh, William J. Boykin has been my guest this hour. What a man. He is truly from Army General now to Christian Soldier. www.kingdomwarriors.net My name is Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone. And no, this is not a Bible show. No, this is not an evangelistic show. It's not CBM Network. This is The X-Zone. And I'm proud. I'm proud to say that, hey, I'm a Christian, and I have that right. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.